I shall start off by welcoming everybody to the latest episode of the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. It's Chris Madison. How do? We've got a bit of an agenda. I, I did write some things out. Good. Did you? Nope. I've just woke me up. <laughs> me I too. I haven't even got dressed yet. <laughs> me too. I was just thinking about that. It's Sunday morning. I, I decided that. Mm-hmm. Well, just a bath towel. In light of the ever-tightening uh, restrictions on freedom that the government keep bringing in, especially in Scotland, I keep booking in truck jobs to do for truck and driver so I can leave the house and go and go to places and meet people. So for the third weekend in a row, I was away out because well, I was in Northern Ireland and then the Isle of Bute. And then yesterday, mm-hmm, yesterday I was up in the north of Scotland doing a couple of more jobs to try and get the stock of material up for the winter issues of Truck and Driver, lest we all be um, no longer allowed to leave our houses. Anyway, when you were talking last week about, we'll start off, MOTs, you were talking last week about you had quite a few problems with um, getting the truck through the MOT, headlight beams and sort of really spurious things had failed around. Well, speaking of... uh, a really great family-run haulier runs top-notch kit, and he had to send in one of his tri-axle um, trailers in for its uh, MOT test. So it goes in, it brake-tested at the same place two days before, goes in, fails it on the brake test. You need a brake chamber on it. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'll go and put a brake chamber on it. Goes, puts a brake chamber on it, puts it back in for another uh, another test. Sorry, it's failed on another axle. What do you mean it's failed on another axle? Oh, well, that one's gone now. It's not working right. Back goes and puts a second brake chamber on it. Goes and puts it back in for a third time. Ah, well, it's failed on the other axle now. Okay. Goes back, puts six brake chambers on that lorry. Replace every single one of them in the mechanics. Like, but there's nothing wrong with them. Just go and do it. Puts all six brake chambers on it. Sends it back in. Ah, it's failed its brake test again. So then it got to the point where it was like, right, I want to go and see somebody here about this. I'm no longer, uh, I'm not accepting this. So what's up with your brake testing rollers? And, uh, and the next day, the brake testing rollers were out of commission. Bastard. But that's that's this is this is what they're up to. This is the yep. problems that they're causing causing people. Uh, yep. th- th- there was nothing nothing wrong with the trailer in the first place, but you go and get a brake nope. test 20, 24 hours before, they're failing it in something the next day. And as far as I can tell. And a lot of places are driving people up the wall. So um, my phone's going on its trip down to my mechanic later on in the day um, to get all prepped for MOT. And I'm trying to get a hold of Robin, who can set the top end set on it, because I really want that done. Because mm. I don't want it. I don't want it going in smoking. I'm hoping that's going to reduce it, because there's no way that truck's getting an MOT test on it with a black smoke that comes out of it. Even though I don't. Even though once the truck's moving and on the road, there's nothing coming out of it. It's just that moment where you rev it and you get a puff out of it. I'm concerned about this, but the, the DVSA seem to be driving people up the wall everywhere at the moment about this since they've come back from lockdown. Um, and I know some of the dealers are champing at the bit to be able to go and test their own vehicles, which I think they, they should. We've touched, yeah, on that yeah. before. touched on that before. A it's truck time. dealership should be able to go and test their own trucks because the DVSA have behaved miserably regards all of that. DVSA so, behaving should... like some sort of East European um, Soviet era 
Well, they don't. It's like Stasi. The problem that they've got is that they don't have to make any money, so it doesn't matter to them. They, they, you know, they if it's a private enterprise that has to go and do these things, they have to do it properly and have to be held accountable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. there was that. That's... I found that I found that amazing. That's just one person that I've, as I go around and I speak to people over a number of people during the week. That's just one of the occasions, and that was the worst one that I'd heard so far. Mm. But nobody, nobody seems to be having a great old time. With any of it at the moment. No. It makes things extra difficult. I was reading this morning. A bit of industry news here, which will please Mr Oliver. Um, there's a new phone driving law, which is possibly due to come into force in 2021, whereby there's a whole load of new things you cannot do with your phone. Now, it was in the Birmingham Mail that I read this, and I don't know if it counts if your phone is held on a bracket on the dash. Because it says that you cannot illuminate this. It goes to the extent where you cannot illuminate the screen on your phone, and you can't do. You can't unlock it. You can't do anything with it at all, um, which is going to be hard to enforce because you know that many vehicles now have got a large illuminated tablet touch screens in them, which are exactly the same as a phone mounted on the dash. So therefore, as are these cars to be classed as illegal. Because what's the difference between scrolling through your music or your podcast playlist? I'll just put the next thing on, which takes a couple of presses of a button on the phone on your dash. Obviously, when you're on a nice, quiet bit of road and you're not doing it when you're otherwise, you know, in an urban area, what's the difference between doing it on a screen on that or a screen on the dash of your vehicle? Have you seen the size of the screens in a new Mercedes car? It's like having a widescreen television slapped in the middle of it. So be wary of that. Birmingham Mail thing says the DFT are looking into that. And there's another one as well, which you were talking about on Facebook this week, which is the changes to the highway code, which are being um, spoken about. This is up for consultation at the moment, and you really need to have a look into this, anybody who's listening, because the RHA are going on about it. They want to make changes to the highway code to make whoever is driving the biggest vehicle responsible and the biggest change is that you get this in some european cities and i was in copenhagen in august i noticed this but if you are turning left and a load of cyclists want to shoot down the inside of you they're wanting to give the cyclists priority for that so they're in the right so if you've got your indicator on you you are swinging out to turn around a left-handed corner as you go around cyclists would then be legally allowed to shoot down the inside of you and it's your fault if they run into the side of your truck and that is true yeah. Which is just beyond Ultra belief. It's, sta- it's staggering. We've worked mm-hmm. so hard for so long, putting signs on trucks, putting warnings on them, illuminated things saying, do not pass this vehicle on the left. And now they want to change the highway code to make it a free-for-all. And this is seriously happening. This is out for consultation at the moment with a view of putting it into the highway code. Yeah. Um, and if they do that, I mean, why would you want... Imagine having to go and drive into the middle of London in any sort of vehicle. We're talking about vans and cars here as well, not just trucks, uh, to go and do that. So I'd, I'm going to go and I need to go and put something. I'm going to write a news story out in the next trucking driver for that, along with the phone thing, because I'm like, bloody hell, it's just there's so much stuff being sneaked through at the moment while, every, while the country is otherwise obsessed with coronavirus. That all this uh, stuff's getting ploughed through because there's nothing more important in the world than, than COVID-19. 
Um, some good news on campaigning fronts is the petition to get new facilities for drivers built, uh, all these new build super hubs that are popping up everywhere, it did surpass 10,000 signatures and it did actually get a reasonably positive response from the Department of Transport. Um, It now needs to get to 100,000, so there's got to be a big push on for that. But it was actually quite surprising that they did acknowledge it in a reasonable manner about the problems of truck parking. So that's your three bits of um, business updates there. You need to know that this sort of stuff is happening. Um, Be aware of it and... um, Go and give people your, your your thoughts. If you're sitting on your phone, parked up, waiting to tip at the moment, go and Google some of this stuff and go and send them some details. Find out who your MP is because this is bad news. And once it's, once it's in, it's just a, a free-for-all. <sighs> now I've got that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> It's been the oh, worst and equivalent to living in Norwich. That dull. Oh, good grief. Well, I mean, is that necessarily... Well, it's not ideal, but then again, um, the world didn't Could be give worse. you... Yeah, you didn't get a pube sandwich this week. No, I didn't get anything this week, apart from wet. Consistently mm. wet. It just pissed down, non-stop, all week, everywhere. Ankle deep in crap. It's been grand. Loaded leads worst. Ankle deep in everybody else's crap. Just one of those weeks. I haven't been anywhere. Uh, I still managed to do 1,700 miles going nowhere, tootling around Yorkshire, but I'm just... Any more weeks like that, and I'm going to sell up. Honestly, I'm going to start cutting my wrists. Uh, no Scotland. Everybody else on fleet's been to Scotland bar me this week, I think, so... No, yeah. good. Mm. I'm bored, rigid. I like to get up there and feel Nicola. At least once a week, I need to be up in Sturgeon land and, and let Nicola flow, flow through me, but, but not this week. Well, she's going to, I think, um, have you seen the thing, some of the Irish drivers were talking about this week where they'd put roadblocks up um, in and around Dublin where they were checking people in cars to see what they were going and doing because of coronavirus and letting the trucks through. No. Well, they were causing a lot of delays because they'd said that nobody had actually told the drivers in the two-mile queue that you needed to move into the third lane. They hadn't actually publicised what it was that they were going to do because we're obviously checking people to see if their travel was essential or whatever. And I think that's the ultimate goal of our dear leader up in Scotland. I know that Wales has put travel bans in place, but I can see a M74 outside lane for inside lane trucks only, and the other two lanes are going to start um, asking people where they're going and what it is that they're doing. What a, Scotland is absolutely full of camper vans and caravans at the moment. I had people complaining that they couldn't get into... Uh, the service spaces and they'd never seen so many coming down from Liverpool. and apart from the ignorant behaviour uh, of parking in the truck stops all these people in their caravans and all that I say fair play to them you know go and have your holiday because it's hardly like they're going to be in close contact with anybody else uh, but, but uh, I can only assume that Miss Sturgeon and Ian Blackford haven't heard about this yet because they would clearly be having something to say about it mm. uh, People just in in uh, in pursuit of something like you know a bit more, a bit of sort of normality, you know. Yeah, it's still normal down here. I know. I keep reading stuff. You know, oh, this you can't go to your grandma's, but you can go to the pub and all the rest of it. But 
generally, I think, round and about, everybody's just getting on with it. Normal, normal service. Well, well pub, pubs and restaurants are completely shut here in the central belt, even though they weren't responsible mm. for... The problem with how the, vi- the virus was that it was universities and schools that went back, but there's been a big knock-on for a lot of people in the transport industry because of all the food and everything, distribution and hospitality. I watched a woman from a company on the news. I don't watch the news much, but I happened to be watching it the other night. And there was a lady on from a company on a little fleet of lorries and vans delivering fruit and veg and all these fresh products to hotels and pubs, restaurants. And it was all going in the bin. She was just about in tears because of this complete shutdown of everything. And shutting a restaurant down at six o'clock at night means most people can't go there because they tend to work during the day. So it's not point worth, worth opening it at all. So there's like a drag on effect from all of this. They're just the obsession and the paranoia with it all. It's quite refreshing for me when I get out and go and speak to people who've been working with trucks and it's like, yep, we've just kept going as normal. Yep. Um, we've never stopped or any of it. I met a great guy yesterday. I was up seeing a fantastic uh, Mercedes-Benz Eurocab, which you probably saw on social media. Uh, oh. A late late model V8. After waiting for ages for to find some nice Mercedes, they've kind of they've all popped up at once. But um, yeah, it was uh, Joe and Craig Finney are the owners of it, and the dad. Oh, you'll have to forgive me because I forget which way around it is. Is 75 years old and he's still doing changeovers even today. He used to do Europe for a lot of years. And mm. he's been out he's been out keeping going, keeping busy, keeping active through all of it. Um aye, which is in a way one of the best things you can do if you if you're getting towards like retirement and things, if you can keep your hand in. But you know, no panic, things have just another company, things of food the chains had to keep going as gone as normal. So Aye. Well, we said, did we mention last week if anybody's got any interesting subcontracting work for Chris to get in touch? Please do. Yeah. You know, if maybe you've got like a large fiberglass model elephant that you need moved. Or... I do dinosaurs. Yeah. <clears throat> I've, I've got but, some form moving dinosaurs. Maybe maybe you're, a, a, maybe you're a, um, a father and son duo who need a large quantity of beer delivered to some sort of party event and there's like a time... <laughs> there's a time that it has to be there you know uh, I'm also uh, available because I'll block for I'll block for the truck <laughs> uh, we um, we are going to die of boredom shortly it's 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 coming so um, find me something interesting to do for god's sake uh, there must be something people people seem to be fair I got another phone call on Friday inquiring as to my availability and what I was what I was up to uh, regards driving, and I'm like, well, I've I've got I've got well, this has creeped up on me now, and I'm a bit uh, concerned. I've got um, this Friday coming, which will be just after this podcast comes out. I'm going to collect the first right-hand drive Iveco Sway in the country, and then I'm going to go and drive it for a week for Broughton Transport. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's going to be good. I hope it means I get. We were hoping we, had, we were going to get two trucks for my Veco, but they've only got the one at the moment. So instead of me taking one to Scotland and Bob Beach is going to drive one for Commercial Motor at the same time, I'm going to drive it first and pass it on to him. So I've never driven for Broughtons before. They're in Melksham, so I'm going to 
pick a truck up, we're going to do a load of photography on it next weekend, a load of video on it the weekend after, and in between all that, I've got like six days on the road in it, here, there, and everywhere, 570 top of the range thing, and there's been a lot of interest in it. I'll say that because considering the, the Iveco Australis was like, didn't register really with anybody in terms of interest, there's a lot of questions about this truck. There's a lot of interest and a lot of kind of grudging sort of people thinking, yeah, actually that looks all right. So I'm quite, well, I'm looking forward to that because it gets me out of the house for another week. Yeah, be a, be a good laugh. Crack on. They also uh, have a they also have a, a run that goes to Denmark, <laughs> which I'm gonna which I'm gonna hopefully uh, if they're looking for volunteers for it hopefully I can blag my way onto that. But as it turns out, I don't know. Did I mention it last week that I can actually travel to Denmark? Yeah. yeah. Um, and get a coronavirus test. But when I come back to the UK, I've still got to self isolate for fourteen days. Yeah. Uh, because our travel situation, like the UK government haven't bothered sorting that out. So you, you can't go and get a coronavirus test and travel back to the UK from a country that's hardly got any virus. You've got to self isolate for 14 days, which is really stupid. So that's about my, my, next, my next month taken, taken up with all of that, which is just as well because um, I would be going off my head if I had to work from home throughout all this time it would be uh, appalling off your heat off my heat man aye, aye. I've got to write heat. I've got to write something for a project as well about living in England as well um, mm. it's a, a Scottish thing about sort of what it was like to live in England because I had a great old time living in England from 2005 to 2011 when I worked in the car magazine and it's sort of thing. It's it's to say, you know, that we're one great country, and what we we, we all what brings us together is much greater than what separates us. So I was going to write up something about my time in England retrospectively, oh. and most of the time, the only thing that people would ever say to me in England, being from Scotland, was when I was complaining about how cold it was, and it would be along the lines of, "You ought to be used to that, eh?" Aye. Of course, but you know, I mean, areas like Yorkshire in the northeast are tropical in comparison to Scotland. Ah, as long <laughs> as you've got your big coat on, you'll be all right. Aye, so you know it's you know it's a Siberian winter in Barnsley when they get the big coats on. Because they still go out on a Friday night. Well, they don't anymore, obviously, because they're grounded. But they used to go out on a Friday night in the little t-shirts, with their arms stuck out, looking like they're carrying two massive invisible carpets. <laughs> and that's just the women. <laughs> anyway. I, can't, I can't multitask. I'm just trying to order school photographs whilst doing this, and I can't. So I'm going to stop now. Right. <clears throat> I do apologise. That's okay. <laughs> well, they are photographs of my children, incidentally, people, not just random ones taken uh, outside of school, just to be clear. Yeah, I just thought, I thought maybe you were collecting photographs of actual schools. Maybe there's people that do that. You know, there's a lot of truck spotters, truck spotters out there. There's people that go and photograph yeah. schools. There'll be a few Grahams and Peters where they've got uh, albums and albums was... and albums full of 1950s prefab school buildings. Oh, oh. A, one of the one of the <clears> best <throat> value pages on my Facebook is a local village page, where you get people. You know, it's people truly, truly dense people. And there was a woman mm. on that this week. 
that they demolished the old high school and then built an entirely new shiny high school like two miles away. And there was a woman had walked past it, I was say walk, walking her dog, and she said, she was on Facebook saying, what did they knock down the old high school for? That was a perfectly good school. And it was like, well, b- because they built a new one. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> I mean, they they yeah. tend to demolish buildings, buildings like that once they're no longer required anymore. You Most know, of these that they threw up, though. Schools. You yeah. know, when Labour had them, uh, when we had Labour in and they were spending money that they didn't have, they were building all these new schools everywhere and calling them academies and stuff. Quite a few of these now are starting to fall over, aren't they? These things they threw up in 10 minutes, these super-duper brightly coloured green and red stripy schools they built everywhere. They'll lean into the left a bit and there's big cracks appearing. They're all going to fall down shortly. So I think they'll rue the day they pulled down all those Victorian edifices to put this crap up. But anyway, as long as they don't fall down when they're full of kids on a Tuesday, it'll be right. Fantastic effort. I really feel disenfranchised by our current range of politicians at the moment because, like, I want to, you know... I can't be bothered with them north of the border, south of the border. And then mm. I was thinking the alternative to Johnson at Christmas was Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott, which was like tantamount. Oh, my that God. That, you know, whenever you, th- you think how, you know, like, how can this lot be so useless when it comes to testing, trace and organising things? Well, that was the alternative, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> and now the alternative's worse. Oh, good. I, the thing is, what's going to happen as well, with anybody, anybody got a clue what's going to happen when we have the no-deal Brexit at the start of the, start of the year? Like, an, an inclination for the guys involved in European haulage would really be helpful. It would really help so much if anybody knew what was going to happen there. But, which is also, besides, that's going to ruin my cushy little run to Denmark that I'm going to get. That's going to work out perfectly for a week, and then it's going to be like sitting at the, the border between Turkey for everybody, to, well, they, well, some bureaucrats work out what to do with some paper to let stuff if they don't, If they don't sort out these permits, nobody will be going because nobody will be allowed into Kent, will they? No, nobody's going to be able to do able to do anything. Well, 1,500 permits for, you know, for uh, 1,500 permits in total for UK. Oh, brilliant. So, well, and, and I'll tell you Brian Yeardley will want 50 of those and he's not going to get 50 and you know, it's just going to be carnage. Yeah, no, might, but, might, yeah it's going to be... My, my level of work should improve, I think. If you think about it, a lot of these uh, companies aren't going to send a company over anymore. They're going to send stunt trailers yeah, to get around this problem. So, you know, ferry work's going to go mental. It might have a sort of two or three week hiatus in January where everything's on customs hold, but then there's going to be a stock of trailers on dock at all times. And mm. you're not going to get this hot wire thing where. You know, they'll be loading paper in Rotterdam on Thursday night to get it on Thursday night boat for me to deliver at two o'clock on Friday and I'm sitting at I'm sitting at killing on them waiting for a trailer off boat on Friday morning. That should stop because it's not gonna be practicable, is it? So they're gonna be loading a week at least a week in advance and sending trails over in good time. So I think we might have a few slack weeks that might need planning for in January, but I think after that the unaccompanied sector's gonna be fine. Because it's it's going to fit the profile of what's going to be happening with uh, self drives. Yeah, I've got a point there. I wonder. I do wonder what's going to happen. I saw the worst looking old. There was an MP five, MP three Actros, a Romanian one, parked at the side of the road. I noticed it the other night, uh, and I thought that is a shed. 
Like, it was done. Mm. Bits hanging off it everywhere. And then I saw it later on that day, broken down with its hazard lights on at the side of the motorway as well. And you do have to wonder, surely it, we've, that's got to see the end of trucks like that in great numbers knocking about on our roads somehow. But I bet it won't. I bet some, I bet they're still knocking about in well, some sort of, sort of way, gouging our rates. Bulgarians and Romanians were... It was being discussed on internet last week, on, uh, on a page last week, that, you know, this... Um, New rule that's come in that you've got to spend your 45 in a hotel now, not in your cab. Yeah, you've got to go home every four. The yeah. truck's got to home, go home every four it's weeks. It's got to go home back to its every four. But when you're away, yeah. you've got to spend your weekend yeah, break been... in a hotel. They mm-hmm. are kicking off at the EU now. The Bulgarian and Romanian trade associations are having a meltdown at EU because it's discriminating against how they operate. Yeah, well, the, how they operate is discriminating against how our operators operate. It's not a level Well, exactly. It's a good thing. I'm not saying this is a bad yeah. thing. It's marvellous. It's time that these buggers that are undercutting us to the point where we can't breathe are brought to book. So do I agree with something that the EU has done? Oh, my God, yeah. it sounds like it, doesn't yeah. it? Right, that, that, yeah. put it on the calendar. I agree yeah. with the EU briefly. It, yeah, hopefully that they can, they can go and, and enforce it, um, you know. Uh, they were talking out like, last Bill magazine in Denmark were going out to truck stops and speaking to people about it and they were speaking to guys from the Ukraine who'd never been home for months they were just mm-hmm. like living in this hanging space cab daff with about 2 million kilometres on it and they had no life and you, that's something that they need to that's not freedom of movement in the way that nobody it never occurred to anybody that no. that was going to be used in such a negative way. And there's got to be the end. That's got to come to an end in the UK as you're driving about the, the Kent in the south to see all these trucks uh, coming over and knocking about things. And like you say, is, is it going to be a lot more in terms of unaccompanied trailers? Is there going to be yeah, I think so. a huge amount of traction work? And it's like, well, do, if these companies want to continue doing it, then they can go and get themselves a British operator licence and go and buy some... Um, register the trucks in Britain and then try and get those bloody things through uh, a DVSA MOT when they're currently um, hammering yeah. good compliant green light operators, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. <sighs> An interesting is not always good, but it's going to be interesting for sure. So. Um... Mm. It's not long to go now. I was surprised. I was, I was, I was saying something the, um, the other day. I was like, "Why the hell's all this Halloween stuff everywhere? It's nowhere near Halloween." And I was like, "Oh, it's the sixteenth of October." I was like, "Oh yeah, I suppose it kind of is." <laughs> it's just well, every day is Halloween t- up there for you, lot, and it with her in charge. Yeah, with the time, the time, the the time does pass quite quite quickly. Uh, I just wonder how many more. Uh, hopefully there's not any more restrictions between now and the end of the year because I've got well, if I've got that Iveco for a week and then I, I manage to get to Denmark and then I've got to self isolate for two weeks. Uh, by that time we're getting on for nearly uh, getting on for You're Christmas. Putting your tree up, aye. Putting my tree up. Well, I've still got this, uh, the big one hundred and thirty-two page issue, which is why I've been running about so much to try and get content in for it to get all the different. Um. And much Am I more supposed variety to give you some possible. content for that? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, yes. Um, if you've got something, you know, interesting, <laughs> anything, <laughs> yeah. would be nice. Uh, I could, yeah. Just something yeah. cantankerous. Just have a bloody moan if oh, you want. I could do cantankerous, no bother. I could do why I'm mm. not buying that daff, if you like. But Go for it. I don't, think, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's a... Well, 
You'd be as well just sticking with the phone until such points. If those Eula zones have dropped off, your heart is not in parting with that vehicle. There's nothing that's quite right. You haven't seen anything that's, that's not compromising compromising on what you want one way or the one way or the other. No, no, you're right. You were right. I just And don't... like we say we don't know we don't know with the uncertainty of everything going going into uh, winter and things. So. Big wedge of bounce back money to spend. I thought I might as well spend it on a wagon, but no, just leave it there. Just sit and look at it for a bit. Hmm. Alright. I would. Until somebody wants it back in 13 months, I might give them it back, and by then I might have made £4.25 interest. Oh. Mm. No, but I was well. quite giddy for that daft. We were going to get it painted and all the rest of it, but then we came down to the exploding gearbox scenario that we talked about last week, where most mm. of the daft said leave 12-speed gearboxes alone because it will go bang, etc. Mm. So I just said to the chap, right, I'm still willing to crack on with this and get it painted. However, I'd like 12 months driveline warranty, please. Mm-hmm. He says, no can do. And I thought, well, if you can't stand by a product with a 12-month line, uh, a 12 month warranty on bloody driveline, you're obviously on the same page I'm on. So if you're not confident mm. to sell it to me with that, I'm not confident to buy it either. So there we are. How many kilometres was on it? 165,000? 168. That doesn't yep. sound unreasonable at all of a 12-month Stand a twelve-month driveline no, warranty. I don't think so. War- no, but, that, especially when you're selling it to an owner driver who's going to be the only guy driving the truck. You know, yep. it's not like that. That's another thing to take into account as well. It's not going into, it's not going into a, a, a tipper fleet. Well, I did send you the pictures, and there was one that I'd found Aye. that was a because you do also get them, the sixteen. The sixteen speed was sold alongside the twelve speed, but it seems yeah. to be a little bit rarer. But that one had um, that one had done a bit. Ah, she'd that, done some. She'd done some. Yeah, that, that one had done a bit. It wasn't quite. Right. Ah, she was, was a bit um... more bet Lynch than uh, Kylie Minogue, wasn't she? That one for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's where we are. If they were just prepared to put a month's warranty on it, at just shy of forty grand, they can keep it. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now you might as well just stick. You must stick with it through the next year. The Ulysses zones. That's Leeds. What was the other one? Was it Sheffield or Sheffield, something? Decided yeah. against doing it. Because they're not getting money. Everyone comes down to money with these bloody councils. Uh, uh, so Sheffield that, was a lot more um, wide-ranging anyway. It was a nightmare. Sheffield, it was everywhere. Sort of uh, West M1. You couldn't go anywhere. It was going to be a, a delightful thing, that. But Leeds, by the time they'd done whittling it, it was only pretty much through tunnels, A58M through business districts, so you can get around that. You know, we could have managed with Leeds, but uh, Sheffield would have been a bugger. But they too have said knackers to it, so um, aye. Anywhere else, I'm not interested. Tell you, tell you, uh, I'd, I'd not go. I'd not go to London for three grand a trip, so I'm not. I'm not bothered. Do what you like in London. No, well, I tell you what. If they if they want to have like a campaign to go and get vehicles off the road to improve, improve air quality, old diesel vehicles like your sort of your fifty eight plate transit vans and things like that, the amount of them knocking about with it. The shit that comes out the exhaust of these things. You Corporation be getting... buses are bit You know, most yeah. of buses be... are devilish. You want to, you want to, you want to be doing some sort of some sort of van promotion scheme to get those things off the road because what comes out the exhaust is absolute hell. And that was no. well, a lot of cars of that age as well because diesel was the way to go, and that was um, Gordon Brown's bright idea. Well, Labour no. back in the nineties, where they decided that petrol cars. 
were uh, a bad thing and diesel was the way to go. And we knew at the time, I got a brand new Mondeo company car because I remember uh, well, when I worked at Plum Centre, all the reps and managers had Vectras or Mondeos. And the, one of the reps comes in one day in a rage because his two-litre petrol Vectra is now in the highest tax bracket because of these changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so within like a year, the entire fleet was diesel. And you could remember standing at the back of these vehicles, even when they were new, and like it would sting your eyes and hurt your nose what was coming out the coming out the exhaust of them. And the petrol cars simply <laughs> wouldn't do that. And now as time goes on, these cars have... The catalytic converters aren't working properly on them, or they've been removed. The engines aren't running right. And uh, if you want to go and do something, go and do a scrappage promotion thing to get people out of those vehicles, and don't go demonising uh, trucks. Then the number of which are actually running on the road are tiny, and furthermore, um, are in a lot of cases with the Cummins anyway, are sending out emissions to Euro Five level. Aye. Not Caterpillar though. No. <laughs> no surprises there. Though. Oh, so you don't know, you, you got any plans for next week? I've got a car for sale this week. I've got somebody coming to go and buy my Cavalier GL 1.8. That's going away today, mm-hmm. I hope. So that's something off the list. And I got, I've got somebody lined up to buy my Foden as well. Um, uh-huh. When it, the time comes to let it get it moved get it moved on i said i would put an mot on it so he's he listens to the podcast and he seems to be in a continual bit of low-key panic that will sell it without him uh i would sell him away from under him but i'm not going to do it Stephen. don't worry he is don't trust him steve no will he'll sell it from under you but come and buy mine well turn up was... here with a bottle of wine and uh, some flowers and you can have my crack on i had to know yeah. i was i was six weeks off the drink i've been doing a lot of exercising uh, but I decided last night after my busy week I'd have a gin and tonic so it was quite strong because I'm not used to it anymore and, uh, and then I ended up getting the hiccups and, and I couldn't get rid of them and I ate an entire bag of drumstick squashies now I don't know if there's a, like a candy league table but I've got to say that they're up there alongside wine gums as being one of my favourites and I basically sat yeah, and hiccuped last night watching the start of series 5 of Breaking Bad which I've been binge-watching on Netflix. That's been one of the things that I've been doing in recent times, which is really good. I recommend Breaking Bad, although I'm probably the last person in the world to get to it. Nope, you're not. No, oh, really good, really good, very enjoyable. Um, about a school teacher who decides that he gets terminal lung cancer and decides to go and make crystal meth to go and provide for his family. You know, and it was basically, if, if anything, it's worrying about my mindset at the moment that that programme basically just gave me some ideas. You know, mobile. Go and get a nice, uh, a nice fridge trailer and convert it into a mobile yeah. meth, a mobile say, meth lab. Invest your Cavalier money in an old, old box trailer and get on this afternoon. Ah, that's that Start cooking meth. Exactly. There's definitely a market oh. for it. Market for it in Scotland, you know, and it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be increasingly popular as time goes on. You know, maybe it's yeah. a cure. Maybe it's a cure for. Maybe it's a cure for a coronavirus, you know. Maybe they, mm. they can't get through the, the meth barrier. Vitamin D and zinc, that's all you need. Apparently so. Yeah, and you'll not get 12 to 15 without parole for having vitamin D about your person. Mm. I, I uh, just see you spending a happy 12 years on E-Wing with Big Eric. 
official soap collector. Oh God, no, I wouldn't get, wouldn't get done for that. It would be, it would be fine. Just as long as the trailer passes a brake test at the MOT, we'll be fine. <laughs> You've no chance, have you? By the sounds of it. No, no chance at all. No you chance. You could buy a brand no new one from Rothdean and drag it straight into the test centre and fail on on three axles. Probably, you probably actually would. I, I tell you. It sounds like it's getting back to 90s where you could fold a £20 note up and put it in taco head and leave it for tester and hey, presto, you'd pass. <laughs> Although, obviously, with you lads are these modern digital things. I don't know how you go and fold in a 20 and sticking it in the slot. You'd not get it back out, would you? No, we'd probably, we'd probably just disappear and never come back out again. No. Aye. Mm. Aye, all kinds of fast speed limiters and, uh, and calibrations and things used to be done with... Uh, the aid of a twenty-pound note. Aye, lubrication. I think that's what they call it. Lubrication. Moral lubricant. Moral lubricant. Exactly. That's what this country needs more of. Moral lubricant. Right. I think. Indeed. We're circling I think... the rim now. We're circling the rim of the toilet bowl of decency. We should probably behave now. Uh, but Any more scintillating trucking news to report before I get dressed? Uh, not really, no. I was thinking about us offering perhaps a service to drivers because they seem to have, some drivers seem to have quite a lot of problem. It's difficult in these times to go and meet a partner or a girlfriend or something like that. <laughs> and I thought we might offer our services if you need your profile sorting out on an online dating website, you know. Come to us, give us some of your basic details, and we'll go and sort it out for you. And if you want a tip to begin with, don't put your profile picture of you standing with a big fish. That doesn't (laughs) tend to impress. That's surprisingly unimpressive for prospective female candidates. I know that it appeals to the the fact you're a hunter-gatherer and will provide her with healthy, sustainable meals going forward <laughs> but the fact that you're standing there and waders having caught a pike is not does not uh, does not say, signal you out as particularly attractive and dear for the love of god don't put a picture of your lorry as your profile picture uh, but come on get in touch get in touch say i need some help with my online dating program profile and doogie and chris here we will help you out. We will we will help improve it for you. Ask your Uncle Christopher for dating yeah. tips. And, uh, that's it. And we to need, do a Google. Sort out your profile picture. That's it. It was Mental Health Week the other day and things and that. You know, I want some people people to go and say, send us in some questions. So anything that you want answered, we will answer it on uh, air on the podcast. Please don't send us anything serious about trucks or tachograph laws or anything <laughs> like that, you know. We're... we're we want you to, we want some uh, juicy problems to go and solve. It'll be like the truck and driver equivalent of the QI elves. Yes, exactly. Mm. Only Dugan. we really do dress up as elves. Mm. I think. Um, Indeed, we do. I think you might have to come to terms with elves because don't these um, Scandinavian types still believe in elves? Iceland, yeah. Denmark, all those sort of places. I think there's quite a lot of elf worship goes on over there. Yeah, Find I... out. Report I don't back know. next week. I will, I will have to come back to you on that. But like I say, next mm. week's Ive- next week, pick up the Iveco S way. Got that for a week. Week after that, supposed to be flying out and going and visiting another country where there's much less coronavirus. So mm. you know, provi- provided provided, yeah, provided I'm no, lo- I'm allowed to leave my house. You know, 
we'll be fine. I might have to go and sneak out in a truck, you know, hiding oh. the, hiding the upper bunk somewhere as we cross the border. Oh, Who knows? In and I get another bonny bridge this week. I'll come and look at you. I'll come and park outside. <laughs> you got a CB in there? Uh, no, maybe I should get like a rig-based CB for the house. I think you should that get was a CB in. And a big was... aerial strapped to your chimney, and then you can be one of those that used to give directions in Glasgow on Channel yeah. 40. That was one of the things, so that was like one of the original social media dating networks, was the old CB oh. radios. You used to get, you used to get, my mate met girls on that once. Oh, and we, I was surprised. I was surprised Grand. because they were surprisingly like normal, you know. It was oh. Like, oh. On the CB, you go and like pick them up because. Nobody had mobile phones around and you go and drive about in your car round Bathgate because it was the mm. max power days and go and do a burnout in your Nova and, mm. and all that. Yeah, I had, a CB, I had a CB radio aerial on the roof of my 1.2 Nova, but it was a mag mount and it came off when I was V-maxing it down the Livingston Bypass at about 100 mm. miles an hour, indicated in the speedo, never to be seen again. <sighs> Simpler times. Aye. But aye, I shall let you go on and get dressed. Super. I'm going to go Shall and I stand set. up and let this towel fall off then? I want as a special treat before I go. Hold on, I'll just take my glasses off. You might need to step back a bit from the screen if I do. Put, I'll have your eye out. No! <laughs> say, say good morning to little Christopher. Yes. <coughs> He's <laughs> winking at me. Right. I'm going to have you know, and get dressed and create, have you know, create a family Sunday. Yeah, I have so, you know, dear listeners, that his wife was walking past in the background when he was doing that, shaking her head. How do you know? <sighs> hmm? Hmm? A woman of some description was a shaking woman, her head. A woman, a woman of Western was, European appearance was wondering yes, around in the bedroom. It was definitely a female woman of the opposite sex. A woman who in, ignored the flashing red light outside the door that says on air ah, that one mm-hmm. yeah that one with some, it came in with some folded pillowcases or something similar that one yeah to go and like yeah. stick one over your head right oh yes please <laughs> catch up normally get that week. on sunday right <laughs> i'll try and have some trucking things to talk about next week i'll try and truck with a bit more enthusiasm Promise. Yes, well, I'd, I'd quite, I did quite a lot of truck stuff there to begin with. I think there was quite a lot of in, in, industry information in amongst that. And hopefully, mm. you know, whoever's been listening to this, if you started listening to this at Carlisle, you're probably down somewhere past 38 now. So, hey, you know, you've passed the mm. time. Aye. <laughs> I might have got my sun visor back next week. Oh, you might have gone Uncle for one Brian scene. at Ultimate Paint, Ultimate Paint in Rotherham's had my deep visor for over a week now. So, oof. Standard of paint on that must be magnificent, and he's uh, working me a price out for a full cabin chassis paint as well. So, well, hey, dad, definitely you might as well just keep it. You might which as well why just I need, keep it, which is why I could do with an S way in December for a fortnight, just saying, you know, in case there's any S ways about in December. Then. Be able to get you a hold of something for a fortnight mm. in December, seeing as there's only one S way in the country, 540 we'll Volvo, around. then. I don't know about Volvos and that. I think it's probably going to be... Never had a Volvo. I'd like, I'd like a Volvo as well, but I think their Volvos are all going out doing the dealer tour now. I've need driven a Volvo. Because there's only four of them. Now, the Volvo will be definitely something for next year. We'll see what I can do. Two weeks in December. Biggest car to choose is, You know, if it's a stare, I'll, it'll, it's, a, it's better than hiring one. 
I don't know sure. pointy roof stairs. You never know. My phone might be MOT'd by then. Be careful what you wish for. I can't afford to run that with a cat in. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Even knew that I'd only do six and a half to gallon. Yeah, well, I put 100 quid of fuel on it and took it out a 50-mile run, and I was quite surprised with that 16-ton trailer, how much the gauge did move when it was mm. going up that hill. I was like... He's good, yes. Mm. Even my frugal little Cummins only manages eight and a half gallon over a week, and that's yeah. I'm gonna dire. guess you're. You, I'm guessing you're gonna be getting about sevens out mine. Uh, I would. Re- I would estimate. Martin Hello. Hancock in Spain, if you're listening, let us know. What did your fruity little new 450 cat do to gallon when me and you used to run aggregates out of Google? Do let us know. I bet it's about six. But, yeah, to finish off, to finish off, yeah, we want hmm. to know. Apart from, apart from, you know, if you want some like, um, we want to know like all your personal uh, problems that we will solve for you. Uh, we want to know what's the truck with the worst fuel economy you've ever had, and why was it a Foden with a caterpillar engine in it? Hi, right. I am going to go wash myself and become a subscribing member of society in the village. I'm Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.